It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. I was able to go out there. I didn't think about my knee. Once I got out there, I think that was big. Took a few hits tonight, got back up, feel good. I think it's part of the game, and it's kind of one of those last boxes that needed to be checked, and I think it was tonight. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. What's going on, the Leading Green Nation? It's episode, I believe, 108 of the BGN Radio podcast, fueled by Duncan Philly. Uh, I hope it's 108. Uh, I believe it is. I could be wrong about that. As you can tell, I'm not your normal host, John Barchard. Off for the night. We're going to do a little recap, uh, preview show, uh, kind of Put it all into one this week, and obviously we'll get into the big stuff with the Michael Kendricks contract as well. Uh, but let's first start off by introducing the crew for this evening. A nice, a three-man weave tonight, everyone. Get excited. We got a uh, from our Eagles, the one, the only, Matt Daring. Matt, what's going on, buddy? James, I just had some recovery water. I feel incredible. <laughs> you, you have the like personal line to Russell Wilson too, don't you? You guys, yeah. Are... You know what, Russ? He, um, well, I call him Russ. Uh, he <laughs> sent over, a, he sent over a case of it a couple weeks ago. I tried it. Unbelievable. Changed my life. As I've heard, it does. It's almost a religious experience, you might say. <laughs> yes. All right, and also with us, the man, the myth. The legend, the prettiest man in all of Eagledom, in all of Egalia, Mr. Patrick Wall. <laughs> Pat, what's going on, buddy? I love that. You know, James, uh, last time you, you hosted, I think I compared you to Mark Sanchez, which in retrospect seems unfair. So today I'm going to go ahead and say that you are the Aaron Rodgers to John's uh, Brett Favre. How about that? Ooh, wow. I love that. That's way Somebody trade than Mark for this Sanchez. guy. Way better than Mark Sanchez. Jeez, that's a talk about a jump. Um, all right, guys, let's just jump right into it because we have like a million things to discuss. 
Um, first and foremost, we're just going to take a quick look back at the Ravens game. It's kind of been analyzed to death at this point. Uh, it is, we're recording on Wednesday. I'm, I'm assuming this will be out either Wednesday night or Thursday. Um, but as it stands now, you know, the Suggs hit, uh, you know, for me, what my biggest takeaway, and I think most people was that Bradford took a hit, took a few hits, including that, that ugly one of the knee. And whether you think it was legal, not whatever that that's beside the point. He got back up, and, and I think that has to do wonders for his confidence. So, you know, that was my biggest takeaway, but obviously there, there was a lot to take away. So um, uh, one other thing for me was how well-coached they are. I just think this team comes out with fire, and you see it with the backups, with the starters. They're, they're ready to play, and I, I think you got to give Chip credit for that. Matt, what was your biggest takeaway from the Ravens game before we kind of move forward here? Uh, Player-wise, I thought – it was fine. Uh, I liked the running game. I thought they got a pretty decent push up front for the most part. I thought that was um, that was pretty encouraging. I sort of was and somebody touched on this on Twitter and I don't remember who, but but I was sort of I was sort of upset at, at at the whole thing. It seems like NFL defenses take playing the Eagles really seriously. Uh not seriously, let's say personally. Um like like it seemed like Suggs came out and he was like, "Well, then don't run the read option, you know." And and they have all these things to say. It just seems like everybody's really gunning for them. I think it's bizarre. Yeah, I'm with you. It is strange, kind of how this is kind of all unfolded. And and look, whether or not it was legal, it did look like a read option play. It was a cheap shot. Okay, you know that we don't need to get into the the you know how much time there was between he handed it off and and whether it was read option. Either way, this guy was playing his first game in over a year after back-to-back ACL tears. Suggs didn't need to do that in a preseason game. It wasn't the right thing to do from a from a moral perspective, for sure. Uh, Patrick, what did you think of the game? Like, was there anything that jumped out to you outside of you know Bradford just getting back up? Yeah, I really. I thought the sec- the secondary play was really encouraging. I mean, we had two interceptions out of the uh, out of the starters, and it, it just looked kind of night and day. Uh, compared to the to play last year, which you know isn't obviously saying that much. Uh, Bradley Fletcher and and Kerry Williams, good luck in your new homes. But um, you know, I think the one of the missing pieces for this defense last year was the secondary, and if they can kind of play the way they did uh, on Saturday, I think the team is going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, both of Joe Flacco's passes that went over twenty yards were picked off. Um, you saw a little bit of teamwork there with um, with uh, Malcolm Jenkins, I believe it was, and and uh, Walter Thurman or Nolan Carroll, Nolan excuse Carroll, me, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and Walter Thurman with the pick. So you know that's good to see happen in the second preseason game. You know we're still a couple of weeks away from the first game, so it's nice to see that that's coming together. And you know hopefully they'll be able to uh, continue that against the Packers. Yeah, I feel the same way. I thought that play, that specific play, Carroll made a, a great play there to break that up, and and Thurman just the awareness to be on top of that. I, I thought that was a really good sign. And in general, I think we've seen good things from the secondary. And and, and you know, you never know if you could believe those reports where it's the the report comes out that the Eagles' secondary is going to be vastly improved this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it really could be, but uh, you know, not because of that report, but. You start to see it on the field, which is exciting. Uh, again, for me, I think outside of Bradford, the biggest takeaway is just the fact that this team is really well coached and they play hard. And I think you have to give Chip credit for that there. I mean, he's developing, you know, what, what he thinks will work in this culture. And, and so far, at least to this point, and again, it's just the preseason. You can't take too much away. They look 
like they're ready to play for this guy. So I, I think that's important. Uh, moving on, as you talked about the secondary, one of the reasons we're so excited about the secondary is because of how good this front seven can be. Obviously, the, the Cox, Logan, Thornton up front have been monsters. And then we get to that linebacking core, and that's really the big news of the week moving forward here is is kind of a real surprise. I don't think anyone here really thought, at least on this on the BGN text thread, on BGN radio, I don't think there was anyone who really thought Michael Kendricks was going to get re-signed, much less re-signed now. Uh, we heard all the rumors about Chip you know, wanting to move him, even though he denied it, and, and all this stuff, but lo and behold, Michael Kendricks is going to be a, a piece of the Eagles moving forward. Four years, $29 million, uh, I believe a little over $16 million guaranteed, uh, and an average value of about $7.25 million, which in my eyes is pretty good. Matt, how do you feel? Do you think this was a good move for Kendricks, for the team, and what's your kind of read on this? Well, I was a little surprised too because you know everything that we'd sort of heard offline had just been that <clears throat> Kendricks was sort of uh, on the outside looking in as far as this new regime was concerned. Um, so I was a little surprised. I don't know if... Uh, if this maybe bodes poorly for um, some of the other guys who are currently on the team, uh, or what the what the deal is, um, one idea that um, that uh, Greg Cosell sort of uh, uh, floated was that um, Billy Davis calls them uh, three and ins, where the team has to get back on the field really quickly. Um, and he said that you know having a fresh a fresh set of linebackers could be really huge. Having this this much quality depth and this many quality players. Uh, at the linebacking position could be, you know, really important as far as getting defensive rotations down and, you know, spelling guys because, you know, maybe you only have about a minute or so off the field. Uh, we've heard players play that down uh, repeatedly. We've heard them play that down a ton. Um, and I don't really know if they're just doing that because they're told or they feel it's the right thing to do. I can't believe any player would be like, yeah, man, Chip's got us gassed. Like, what the hell? Except Kerry Williams. That is exactly the sort of thing he would say. <laughs> he but, did um, say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless him. But, um... Uh, you know, as far as that goes, I, I think that's uh, I think that's good. I it was it was a really reasonable deal. Like I didn't think that this this seemed like this was a. I was shocked at how small that amount of money was. Like that is not a ton of money. Everybody was sort of like talking about like the Bobby Wagner, but like this was like um you know waiting for Bobby Wagner to set the market. But this was significantly less than the Bobby Wagner deal. I thought this was a great deal. Uh, I can't sort of surprised that he signed it. Um, but whatever, he's here. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching him, uh, sugar the egg app a little bit and see what goes on. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, when you look at the guys who are kind of around him there, I mean, Wagner got over $10 million a year. Uh, you can't compare him. I mean, it's a significant, significant drop off to the 7.2 that Kendricks is going to make. Donald Butler's at 7.4, Jared Mayo's at 7.33. Uh, then Kendrick slides right in there with David Harris at 7.1 and Sean Lee at 7 million behind him uh, in the inside linebacker financial <laughs> power rankings, as it were. Um, but but I think that's fair. I think that he's he's that kind of player. I think he should be in that 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 range right there. And and I think you make a good point, Matt. Before I get to you, Pat. Uh, they're about moving get guys in and out. I think we're going to see that across the team. I think that's clearly what he's doing at running back and I, wide receiver. I think it's what he wants to do. I think he wants to be able to to have as many fresh legs out there as much as possible. And and it's uh, something that we're seeing with so much depth 
in this preseason where, you know, we're seeing the second and third teamers play well. That's a positive sign for that as well. Uh, Patrick, I mean, when you look at this Kendricks contract, first of all, do you agree that, that it's a good deal for the team and more so what happened? I mean, we thought that Kendricks wasn't a Chip Kelly culture guy. We didn't think that he really fit what Chip was trying to do. And then all of a sudden he's the, you know, signed to a huge contract. What, what happened here, Patrick? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it really just <laughs> drives home the point that we really don't know as much as we think we do. And every time we think we have a handle on what Chip Kelly is doing, we prove that we are wrong. Um, I, I, from what Kendrick said yesterday, it sounded like the team approached him about a new deal about two weeks ago. Uh, and Chip assured him that they wanted him there and that all the stuff in the offseason, you can forget about it. Um, and, and really, I think it's, you know... I think it's 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 the it's the move that makes the most sense for the team. I mean, when 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 D'Amico got re-signed and they traded for uh, Kiko Alonso, everybody kind of said, "Okay, well, this is what Chip wants to do." Uh, I guess that means Kendricks is on the way out, and I think a lot of people interpreted that to be that uh, you know Kendricks wasn't a wasn't a scheme fit or wasn't a, a culture fit or whatever. And there are whispers of that kind of stuff. Uh, we you know it's unsubstantiated, you know, for whatever, but. Um, this move makes the most football sense. It makes a lot of financial sense. It seems like it's pretty much fair market value for him. Uh, you're paying for slightly less than a Bobby Wagner type player, which is I think what he is at this point. Um, but really putting him next to, to Miko or putting him next to Kiko Alonso, two players who were under 25 at your inside linebacker spot, two guys who are pretty close to complete linebackers and that they can run, uh, they can run, defend, they can cover, they can blitz, they can do all that kind of stuff. Uh, it sets the Eagles up really nicely for the next, you know, however many years moving forward here. And, and it really sets the Eagles up to have a, a pretty terrific front seven if everything works out. Patrick, let me stick with you here. A, based on what you just said, if D'Amico Ryans is healthy to start the season, is it Kendricks and Alonzo starting? I know we just talked about how we're going to see people moved in and out, but do you see that starting right away? That's a really good question. <laughs> I would say I, I feel like now I'm inclined to say that it's going to be Kendricks, but uh, I don't I don't really know that even if D'Amico is going to be ready to start, um, it doesn't sound like he will be, or it's going to be touch and go there for for a week or two. Um, against you know it, it may be matchup specific against a team like the Falcons, are you more inclined to sell out for the pass over the run for a team that you know probably isn't going to run the ball a ton? Um, I think it's going to be match matchup specific, and even if you know, uh, even if D'Amico starts the game, I'd be surprised if he plays half the number of snaps that, that Kendricks or Kiko play. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It will be matchup based, um, but it's so exciting. I mean, these two guys in the middle, the speed, the aggressive play that they both, you know, the way they both play the game, I just think it's going to be a blast for Eagles fans to watch. Uh, real quick, I'll fire the same question at both of you. I'll start with Matt. You know, the Kendricks contract comes down. Who's next? Is it Cox? Is it Kiko? Is it Bradford? Who's the next guy the Eagles are going to lock in moving forward? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that, um, <clears throat> well, one guy you didn't include was Sed. Um, yeah, I don't know Sed if he's well. really, I don't really know if he's really on the same kind of um, uh, plane as those guys. He's really good, but I don't know if he's like, you know, going to be a, a big time contract. But I think the, uh, the, the, the main thing that, about that is that um and I, I for my money I think I think it probably should be Cox 
but I don't know if there's a ton of um, uh, you know pressure there because they have that fifth year option. You know, he's going into his fourth year this year. Um, they can pick up, or did, they already did pick up his fifth year option. Is that right? Correct. Um, yeah. So so they picked up his fifth year option. So he's under contract for another two years. I don't know, uh, as Andrew Brandt would say here. Oh, um, I don't know <laughs> if um, I don't know if uh, if this deadline is going to spur action or not. Um, as far as that stuff goes, um, Cox is still under is still under contract for another two years. So for my money, I, th- I think that the smart thing to do would probably be to concentrate on Sam Bradford. Um, you could talk about franchising him, but that's going to cost you a lot of money, um, and they'll probably end up doing it anyway if they can't come to an agreement and he won't play under it. But I think that you know, as far as deadlines go, the Bradford one is looming. Whereas you know, Cox, they got another couple of years of him at a relatively low price. I think it's like eight million dollars for that fifth year option. So. Uh, Bradford, I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I ultimately, I believe they're gonna, they're gonna sign Cox long term, and it could happen this off season or next. But they're gonna get that done. Bradford, I think, is the one that's really you know, it's looming. Especially if they go out and start well, it's it's a very interesting dynamic with the injuries and yet his ability to run this offense and what kind of you know, long-term deal. Can you really work out with a guy who's coming off two years of ACL tears? So very interesting. Pat, what, what do you think if you had to lean one way or another, who, who do you think of these guys going to be the next sign? I would say it's probably going to be Bradford just because if the Eagles don't get a deal done with Cox before the season starts, I don't think they're going to really be looking to do it during the season. It kind of seems counter to what Chip's trying to do. He wants his players on the field and not thinking about contracts, et cetera. He probably doesn't want to be thinking about it either. Um, I would say that if that's the case, then if 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 nothing gets done between now and and September, I'd say that they're probably going to want to extend Bradford above all else, assuming that he plays well, which I am doing in this exercise. Um, so I would say, yeah, um, I would say those pro- those guys probably get deals done in succession, um, pretty much right after the season or or they're, as soon as they're able to really. Um, but I would say Bradford at this point. All right, speaking of Bradford, uh, time to look ahead to turn the page. Uh, I think what I forgot to mention, too, talking about the Ravens game, man, it's true moving forward. Never in my life watching football, whether my team or another team, have I ever seen a team play for the first time, my team especially, where I didn't know so many of the guys. I, I mean, from I mean, I know them. I've seen them play for other teams, but it was a really weird phenomena to see your starting quarterback, your all you know, two of your starting running backs, uh, you know, your starting secondary practically, like all these guys who have never played in Eagle Green before. Uh, I, it's really a fascinating kind of phenomena this season because we've never seen anything like what Chip Kelly did. Uh, So having said that, heading into our second opportunity to see these pieces start to work together and what it's going to look like, Patrick, let's stick with you. Uh, You know, what are you looking for on Saturday night? Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently not going to play much. That maybe Green Bay in general a little tentative after the whole Jordy injury, obviously. What do you want to see offensively, defensively, uh, you know, and how long do you think Bradford plays? Kind of what are you looking for? I would be surprised if Bradford plays more than three series. I'd say they're probably going to max him at that, maybe a quarter. Um, I would like to see the offense throw the ball down the field a little bit. Um, you know, Bradford was able to lead a touchdown drive, but he also had a couple bad overthrows on his one drive. Um, one, I believe, was due to holding, but 
you know, he missed Riley Cooper on that first throw. Um, part of that is Riley just being slow, but you know, you got to know Riley is slow to throw that ball. Riley's um, slow. <laughs> Great at like, a lot well, of things, like but not necessarily downfield speed. Yeah. Jeez. So, you know, you just kind of want to see the guys get on the same page a little bit more in that respect. Um, which it, it really comes with time. You know, Bradford's first game, you're not expecting him to go out there and, and light him up as it were. Um, but yeah, you mean you want to see a little bit of a continuation off of last week and, and really kind of see the offense move the ball down the field, like to see DeMarco Murray get a few more touches if it's not too much to ask. Um, and then, you know, I want to see some more out of the secondary. Uh, it would be awesome if Kiko Alonso could play. We haven't seen him in Eagles green yet, or Eagles all white with green helmets since the preseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that kind of the, the kind of continuation that we've seen throughout the preseason. I think it's been a, a really exciting preseason for for Eagles fans and um, you know, in in the in our last action that we're going to see before the start of the regular season for a lot of these guys, um, it would be nice to take that couple of, those couple of weeks off, um, and, and and really have a have a positive outlook on the starting uh, starting units. Yeah, I feel the same way. I definitely want to just see a progression. Bradford, you got to expect him to look rusty the first time really playing a significant action in in two years, really. Um, so you expect him to be rusty. You expect him to be a little off. You're not expecting him to come out and be a, be a star. So you want to kind of see that. You want to see some of the stuff you're hearing about in practice, the precision throws, the cannon. You want to see all that stuff in a real game where they're wearing pads and hitting each other. So I, I'm with you. And I, I would like to see the merit out. I think they've proven this you know, preseason they can run the football. We get it. You're good at it. Uh, I would like to see some some – Deep passes, some airing it out, kind of open up the offense a little bit. I, I Obviously, Chip's going to keep it vanilla. He always has. He always will in the preseason. But still would like to see kind of Bradford get a chance to test out that arm a bit. Um, also agree, I think he plays about a quarter. Um, Matt, wh- what are you looking for? And the Kiko point grade as well, Patrick. Kiko, uh, Matt, I know you're excited about Kiko. You're with me in the losing our mind excitement to see this guy play. What, what else is there that you're – really honing in on Saturday night. Uh, well, I wanted to get back to what you said. I thought that was a great point about we don't know any of these guys. I mean, look at the look at the turnover, and it hasn't really been at the expense of talent either. I mean, we could argue back and forth about that all day, and we will, but not right now. <laughs> but um, I, it, going into the season, I was talking to a friend of mine who's not an Eagles fan, and you know, he was like, well, so what do you think? And I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't really have any way to sort of wet my whistle. Like, I can go back and I can watch tape from last year. And first of all, it's not that great. And second of all, like, I can just be like, oh, man, I can't wait to see none of these guys. Like, yeah, there's yeah. there's nobody coming back. Like, not really. I can go, I can watch all eight of Josh Huff's catches, but that'll only get me so far. So, you know, as far as that goes, like, I was sort of kind of like, yeah, I'm excited, but eh, kind of not. But then I watched this game, uh, the last one, and I was like, oh, my God, I need it. So I'm right there with you, James. Uh, as far as this coming game, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers might not play. I'm sort of disappointed. I thought that would be like a like a legitimate test for Me too. these Me guys too. to. Yeah, yeah, these guys to try to um, to try to, uh, you know, face off against the the, the best there ever was. Um, and, and see how they stacked up. But, um, I guess we'll have to wait until the postseason to see him. But, um, boom, boom. as far as, uh, <laughs> as far as that goes, uh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Kiko. I think that's, that's going to be a good one. Uh, I want to see them keep this run game consistent. Green Bay is pretty soft up front. I want to see, I want to see them try to get to the second level and, um, 
you know, see how that goes. We saw some of that last week uh, with Baltimore and their and bringing their B game. And I don't know. Yeah, let's see a little bit more of the run game. Show me some of that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. It's it's a really strange feeling watching this team, and, and, but seeing them out there, you know, it's amazing how quickly you you just latch on. Like Demarco Murray, yeah, I love that guy. It's like I fucking hated this guy for so long. <laughs> um, so it's pretty funny. I, I think it's Major League Two or something. Bob Uecker has line where he's like. Uh, amazing how the change in a uniform can make you like a guy. And then he covers the mic and he goes, he's still an ass, you know? So it's like, <laughs> um, it's really funny. It's a, it's an interesting kind of situation. I'm with you. I wanted to see Rogers out there. I wanted to see this new secondary, this new look defense, get a chance to go up against the guy, even if it's only for a quarter or less, just to see how they handle him, to see how they can cover Randall Cobb, to see how they can, you know, pressure Rogers to see how they can, you know, just play defense against, you know, like you said, the best there ever was or ever will be. Um, so uh, I, 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 that's a shame in my mind. But I think for me, I want to see Bradford. I want to see him go out and have a few series. And I want to see him make some, some nice throws. I want to see something where he gets a chance to show us why they traded for him in the first place, what, what this whole arm talent thing is all about. Um, so, you know, outside of that, uh, I... I'm pretty much at the point where I'm I'm good. I'm ready for the regular season to go. I know the team still has a lot of work. Bradford still has a lot of work. But from my perspective mentally, it's like, all right, I'm going to watch these games, but it's I'm not getting – I'm ready. You know, it's hard for me to get amped up for this, you know, preseason stuff. Really the only reason is this fact that we've never seen these guys gel and play together. Um, any other general takeaways, uh, Matt, I'll come back to you first, just from the first two preseason games so far, as we kind of head into, you know, we're, we're getting close, man. It's, it's almost regular season football. Well, what's kind of stood out to you from a, a more thematic general perspective? Health. Yes. Yeah, baby. Yes. 10 points, uh, health, man. Like you just saw today, junior Gallette is down. Um, towards Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they lost, uh, the Cowboys lost Orlando Scandrick. Um, Zach Martin got hurt, although it sounds like he should be okay, but that's sort of touch and go. I mean, we've seen it happening all across. I mean, the giants have lost, uh, I think, uh, everybody, um, at last count. I mean, the, the giants team is going to be like totally, I mean, they're, they're just in serious trouble again, you know, for the, for the millionth time, because I think Tom Coughlin has those guys standing in that, that um that machine that sort of rubs you back and forth uh for exercise and conditioning you know throwing around um big uh trapezoid shaped weights and stuff but but um riding bikes where one wheel is much bigger than the other you know the old fashioned it's an old joke guys it's an old joke oh okay yeah 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 uh so anyway um it was hilarious thanks yeah my mom says i'm funny um but so anyway, so we um, I think health, you know, we've seen these guys. Nobody's really had any major setbacks. I guess Marcus Smith would be the only one in my Shepard, obviously. Yeah. And Shepard, obviously. And that's and that's a shame. But, you know, like going through all this and we see, you know, star players, lottery tickets, like big time pieces, role players, all this stuff. All these people are going down. And, uh, you know, the Eagles are sort of standing above it. Um, I think that was sort of central to uh, Jimmy Kemsky's piece today about why he could sort of see the Eagles going pretty far is that, you know, like one by one, we're watching guys 
We're watching, uh, you know, major contenders, division opponents. We're watching um, Green Bay lost its best receiver. I mean, this is this is serious stuff. If we can avoid doing that stuff, if sports science really works, like we could be in, we could be cooking up something pretty cool here, guys. Sports mother effing science, man. No, I'm 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 with you. It's uh, it's the most important thing. It has become even more important with how many guys are going down at like you said i mean we're seeing big time names and big pieces of contending teams go down for the season and the season hasn't even started so uh, i totally agree health a great thing to cite uh patrick what's kind of set out for you and and in addition is can, can, it's the preseason and and now we've heard the a million times already oh well the 2008 lions went Oh, and or went four and zero in the preseason, then went under, you know didn't win a game all season. Whatever. Uh, I know that we can't take a ton away from the preseason, but on, on top of what your takeaway, you know, you kind of can see. Can we take anything away from just how dominant they've been? Yeah, I think you always want to be careful with the preseason stuff, um, but at the same time, you are watching the Philadelphia Eagles football team play football. I mean, so while you don't want to look at the offense and say, yep, this is exactly how they're going to do things, uh, you want to look at it as sort of like the skeleton crew of the Eagles football season. Um, And what I mean by that is you're looking at an offense that is running, you know, I think Chip Kelly said last week they're running like three pass concepts and like two running plays, and they're still putting up 40 points in a game. Uh, That's encouraging. I mean, I... I don't think it's I don't think it's um, unreasonable to be excited about the efficiency with which they've been playing, especially on offense. And for for me, that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, you're looking at an offense that is that is really kind of getting its engine revved up and ready for the season, which is really as much as you can ask for in the preseason. That and health, which Matt uh, already touched on. Um, so you know, when you're looking at the preseason, you want to see guys, you want to see your young guys step up which we're seeing with Jordan Matthews and Josh Huff to a smaller extent, although he hasn't really done a ton and in games. As well. And Nelson Aguilar, who's had a very impressive camp and, uh, and preseason. So you want to see the, you know, guys like that step up. You want to see the new guys come in and gel well. The offensive line seems like it's doing well so far, as we talked about earlier. The secondary is looking good. Um, and you, know, you just kind of figure that, that Chip Kelly and the coaching staff will know what to do when the regular season shows up and, and they're able to scheme specifically for players and you know, on their team and scheme against other guys. And, um, you know, I'm not expecting a huge jump in, in improvement of play, but I think it's, un- I don't think it's unreasonable to expect the Eagles to, to look maybe even a little bit better than they do in the preseason come, uh, come in the regular season. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm bullish about this team right now. And, and obviously, you know, we've talked a bunch about our, our opinions and thoughts and all these moves to death, but just, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to take too much away from the preseason, but you definitely can't be upset about how they've looked and how healthy they've stayed. And and you, you used a word in there, Patrick, that I think is just the perfect word is efficiency. They're, they're so efficient on offense and on defense. And, and uh, you know, it, it just comes down to Chip and, and the way he runs this ship and steers this ship. It's the way they practice or, or train, I should say. Uh, and it just permeates throughout the club now that he has his guys there. So... I'm bullish. I think there's a lot of potential. It's a, it's an exciting time, and I'm really just excited to see what these guys look like in a real meaningful game, which is coming soon. But for now, we'll settle for Saturday night at 8 o'clock against the Packers. All right, before we get out of here, a uh, couple quick mentions. We've got a 
say official goodbyes to a, a couple of uh, of the guys we used to root for. Uh, I'll throw one at Matt and one at Patrick, and obviously Matt, your boy, your friend, your really like uh, life soul partner and spirit. Evan, he's Mathis. the godfather of my child. Yes, Evan <laughs> Mathis. Um, exactly. Um, so Evan Mathis signs a one-year deal with the Broncos. I think we can all agree he he overplayed his hand here a little bit. Obviously, would have made five and a half million with the Eagles. Uh, you know, he blew it, but. I think from a, a play perspective, he landed in a nice spot. They have a big-time need there uh, along the O-line. And obviously playing with Peyton Manning and C.J. Anderson and Demarius Thomas and Sanders, and there's so much talent offensively, uh, it should be a, a good place for him to play. Uh, what are your parting thoughts to Evan Madden, uh, you know, kind of how the whole situation played out now that he's a, officially a member of another team? What's your, what's your feel? Um, I'm sorry it didn't work out better for him. I, uh, I definitely think, and I don't know, I, I sort of was of the opinion that whatever had happened, he'd probably end up making about that much money again. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe the well was just too poisoned here. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any inside information here, but, um, I'm I'm sorry it didn't work out better for him. It seems like he's not that upset about it. it certainly, he's going to a great situation. You know, he gets to go and he gets to hang out and protect uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, he gets to see all those cool mountains. They got a lot of horses out that way. I mean, I think it's it's not a it's not a bad situation to be in. Um, but as far as um, as far as as far as that goes, yeah, it's it's hard to say that like you know you're making a lot less money than you would have you know had you not had had all this not gone down. So. It's definitely, I think, a reasonable thing to say that this is maybe not the ideal situation. Um, I don't know if he got bad advice. I don't know if he was just sick of it. I, I don't know. But uh, good luck to him and uh, hope it uh, hope it works out. Hope hope he does great things out there. Yeah, I feel the same way. I like Evan. Uh, always a really nice guy. Every time I talk to him, whether through the radio station or when I work for the team, was always a really good dude and and was willing to, you know, help out if I needed him a soundbite or uh, I like Evan. I'm rooting the best for, you know, rooting for the best for him. Uh, but I clearly think he overplayed his hand. And I, I think that he kind of effed this whole thing up. And I think if he had it to do over again, he might've been a little more willing to suck it up and, and suck up his pride or whatever it was that led to that kind of riff with a, uh, with chip uh, Patrick, I'll give you Mr. It may look easy, but it's hard. Michael Vick has latched on uh, across the state. He is now Pittsburgh Steeler, agreeing to a one-year deal after Bruce Gradkowski went down with a, a finger injury and, and needed surgery. So, uh, Michael Vick, your backup quarterback for the Steelers, uh, you know, how, how does it hit you, Patrick? Are you, are you all right? Are you ready to move on from from the many moons ago Michael Vick era? It's very hard to talk about Michael Vick, if not impossible to talk about Michael Vick without bringing up some sort of hot take whether it's inadvertent or not. Um, I can only speak to my experience in dealing with Vic. Um, he was always very cordial to me. Uh, from everything that we heard around the league, it seemed like he was one of the very rare cases in which he got busted doing something really awful, really unspeakable, and actually made steps to turn his life around and from all indications was able to do that. I think the biggest sign for Michael Vick's quote-unquote rehabilitation was that he was allowed to adopt dogs again. And I know that upset a lot of people, but um, 
there's not a lot of instances of guys committing horrible crimes, getting a second try in the NFL and really making it work and making it work in a lasting way. Um, and I think while not everybody is going to agree with this, I think it's, it's fair to look at him as an example of, you know, we always want to, we always want to root for the best in people and we always want a redemption story. I don't know if you can call his a redemption story, but it is, um, you know, it is what it is at this point. He's not on our team, so I haven't had to think about it in a while. Uh, but I will say that uh, one of my favorite Michael Vick stories um, was when I was an intern with the Eagles in 2012. Uh, we used to camp outside of the uh, the locker room waiting for guys so we could interview him. And, you know, you, you knew that most of the time the big guys were not going to talk to you. Deshaun and, and Shady were like, well, we have scheduled media appearances. We won't talk to them now. Uh, Vic walked by one day and just got a wild hair one day and decided to ask him and he stopped in his tracks and he looked at me and he looked really nervous and just kind of like looked around and was like, I, um, uh, we, uh, we, we have a, a film study. I can't go. Sorry. Bye. And it was really funny that he was like, could have completely big timed us, could have completely ignored us. But I thought it was really endearing that he didn't. Um, so yeah. that's my, that's my weird Michael Vick story, but I wish him the best. Uh, they now Pittsburgh now has the most controversial quarterback room in NFL history. Good for them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He was always very nice to me when I worked for the team. Again, willing to give me a soundbite when I needed it. And, and at least I have two dogs. My, my dogs are my favorite things in the world, uh, along with my wife. Uh, you know, maybe I love the dogs more. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I love dogs. I'm a dog lover. And, and you know, they, what he did was unforgivable. But this guy really has repented. And he has if nothing else, at least for show, really changed the way he lives his life and, and seems to be a family man now. And, and um, I think, you know, you don't ever have to forgive him what, for what he did, but I think he's earned the right to kind of, you know, have this second chance and to move forward with his life. So uh, I'm with you. I'm happy for him. Uh, and I think he's a nice pickup for them. You know, if, if, Big Ben goes down, they're pretty much screwed anyway. But, you know, you got a veteran presence who can step in. Uh, also, guy, uh, one more thing. Sorry, I want to jump in, James. Bruce yes. Gradkowski was the best waiver wire pickup in Madden 06. Wow. Yeah. How about that? He was great. Win a so, Super Bowl uh, with Bruce Gradkowski. Wow. That, that, no, those words never to have been or be uttered again. How about Especially that? pertaining <laughs> to real life, actual yeah, football. Exactly. Um, all right, guys, uh, Matt, any final thoughts before we head out of here and head into a pretty important preseason game, if there is such a thing? Uh, yeah, I am, I am thrilled that John Partridge is on the radio. I love it. I, it is the highlight of my weekend. I just put it on. I sit there. I do some work. I do whatever. Uh, like I, I love listening to my good friend, John Bartchard. He does it all. He is the complete package. And when you hear him on the radio, it's hard not to smile. So how about that? John's not even here, and we can't get away from him. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm with you. It's uh, my favorite thing to go in there and produce the James a show behind when, the glass. when Johnny's in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a friggin' blast. Uh, very cool. The start of big You're doing yeoman's work, James. Doing yeoman's work, boys. <laughs> yeoman's work, which uh, uh, we'll, we'll leave that for the BGN text thread. Patrick, any uh, closing thoughts? James, it's always nice to know that when our starter goes down, we have a reliable guy waiting in the wings who's ready to start in, in tight spots 
and not only play well, but play well enough to win us podcast games. Oh, I love it. I'm the so Aaron Rodgers, as we said. What can I say? That's a compliment I could never turn down. Um, no, but guys, <laughs> it was fun. I appreciate it. I think this was a, a really good show. Nice and, uh, you know, compact. The three-man group can be fun because, you know, uh, you get a little bit more chance to, to kind of go back and forth. So uh, we'd like to thank everyone listening. I, I uh, Big news, guys, I did check. This is episode 108. Woo! How about that? So I don't need to go back and change the open or anything. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 108 of the BGN Radio Podcast, fueled by Duncan Philly. For Patrick Wall, Matt Daring, I'm James Seltzer. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.